Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back, and welcome back. Hopefully you had a fantastic Thanksgiving break, and you are focused on making the rest of this year as best as it possibly can be. Um, Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, it's interesting this, this, it's interesting this time of year. It's always kind of the wind down and the wind up time of year. I mean, you have the agents yep. that want to sort of take a long, you know, winter sabbatical, which I certainly can understand. And those, most of our top producing agents who are essentially tired of taking a sabbatical already. After all, it's been four days. That's long enough. I need to get back to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and yet they're waking up and they're realizing that everybody else is sort of in holiday mode. So I'm going to give you guys a suggestion on stress management. And the topic today's show is choosing a broker, really, basically the idea of how to choose a really fantastic broker. Uh, we had some requests from some newer agents that we kind of go over this in, uh, content. But also I'm going to share with uh, – we're sharing this information for agents who are considering switching brokers, and we're also sharing this information for uh, brokers out there who want to retain agents. So really, there's three buckets of folks that are obviously going to benefit from today's show. But a suggestion for all of you about managing holiday stress. Where does the stress come from? It comes from basically unrealistic expectations of what you expect from other people. And, and let's just, you know, we're business coaches, so we're going to drill down on that. This time of year, uh, no matter how hard you try, and know your coach is not telling you to not work, but no matter how hard you try, you're not going to get people out of holiday mode. So embrace it, and you get yourself in holiday mode too. And this is especially true for all of our coaching clients. You're going to work your butts off next year, so do yourself a favor. Opposed to burning yourself out, especially the second half of this month going into the first week in January, just take a break. Spend time with your family. Get caught up on some of the projects, hobbies, whatnot. Read some books. Listen to music. Learn to meditate. You know, give yourself the opportunity to recharge your batteries so that when we do roll into next year, you're absolutely kicking butt. Now, you can organize your office. You can, you know, clear your desk quite literally and figuratively. Uh, Again, coaching clients, get your business plan completed. Real estate treasure map should be completely done. And inside the real estate treasure map are specifics about how you can organize uh, your office, you know, the dry erase boards, the stand-up desk, the, all that type of thing. You know, get your real estate treasure map completed. So if you're looking for something to occupy your, uh, I'd say, hyperactive brain, and you're used to being in the go-go-go mode, and you're finding that, you know, really it's difficult to overcome the objection that I want to wait until uh, after the holidays, and especially as we get closer to the holidays, most people are going to, you know, you're not going to be able to close them on listing now, and your buyers are going to say the same thing. Don't drive yourself nuts. Take a breath. Be thankful. Um, and then get your business plan done. Get your office cleaned out and get ready to kick some serious butt next year. So don't stress yourself out. Don't stress your family and your loved ones out. Uh, you know, enjoy it. You guys are going to, again, work really hard next year, so use this as your opportunity to catch back up mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. So, Julie, anything interesting from your coaching schedule today? Yes. Well, and I would completely agree with you that this is what we used to call, quote, sanctioned time off, where the market doesn't actually expect you to be all that conscious. So, 
That's right. You know, actually think about and plan out what are your holiday days off going to be. So I agree with you. They need to recharge because absolutely you guys will be kicking butt next year and get that business plan done. Now, by the same token, I can tell you, just being conscious enough to be on top of your lead follow-up if you follow a daily minimum standard. I'm hearing so many stories about little pop-up deals here and there that these guys got over, not necessarily right on Thanksgiving or right after, but that week, a lot of business was being done. A lot of you know stuff that you guys find in your voicemail, leads that weren't followed up on by other agents, old open house leads that pop up. So of course, there are deals going on around you. So what I would say is to work on a balance between taking time off and keeping your head screwed on straight, being there for your family, having good holidays, recharging, getting that business plan done. But also, at least if you have a daily minimum standard to follow, it would be relentless lead follow-up daily so that you can capture things that are slipping through the fingers of other agents who are completely unconscious. So we're not saying 100% unplug, but actually consciously think about how you want this month to go. You, you noticed that we did holiday objections right around Halloween because we wanted you doing lots of business in November before we were actually right on top of the holidays. Now that we're there and you're only a few weeks away from being able to say, yes, we can wait till after the holidays, make sure you're the agent who's pouncing on that and you've got lots of great stuff first quarter. So I think it's a balancing act with the weight on taking good care of yourself, your family, and your business plan. And, of course, the most important thing is there are still plenty of shopping days left for you guys to buy your favorite coaches um, a really great Christmas present. That's right. The most important thing. We like gold coins and and money and uh, things of that nature. So, listen, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. And when we – that's right. We're going to take a real quick commercial break. And when we come back – oh, you know what else we really like now? What? Diapers for Baby Zoe. Clothes. Diapers. Baby yeah, exactly. clothes. Diapers. Yeah, so forget the other stuff. Anything yeah. for babies we need, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and when we come back, how to choose a fantastic real estate brokerage, a fantastic office, and we wrote down 10 points. We're going to go through these points relatively quick. Again, this is the perfect call for those of you who are newest in the business, those of you who are thinking about changing, or brokers out there who want to figure out a way to retain the agents you have. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, be ready to take notes. Are you ready for 2015? Do you have a plan in place to make it your best year ever? Or are you still struggling in your career and waiting for your ship to come in? You can make this your best year ever but only if you take control of your career and create an action plan for success. Join thousands of top producing agents across the nation who have turned to Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching to help them achieve top producing production and performance. Coaching works, and that's a fact. 10% of agents complete an amazing 90% of all transactions because they have a coach. Coaching and training is a critical part of a successful real estate career, but don't just take our word for it. Here's what Steve Brown, the president of the National Association of Realtors, had to say. Well, I'll tell you why it's critical. There are some brokers who, when they hire, they hire indiscriminately. They just don't even look at the training or they don't provide the training and the education that a new agent needs in in the marketplace. 
as a real estate agent, you've got to associate yourself with a firm that's dedicated to your professionalism and your growth, and then the services like a personal coach, like Tim, you and Julie do. There are very few real estate people like you so personally and passionately involved in our industry. And um, thank you for, for what you do for our industry. Both of you are a wonderful voice for all that's best in the realtor organization in our industry. So I thank you. If you want the production and performance that comes with being a top producer, then you need a coach. Not just any coach, but the leaders in coaching today. Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. We provide you with industry-leading one-on-one coaching with a trained professional coach, along with all the lead generation systems, scripts, presentations, team building, and business planning tools you need to dominate your local real estate market. We offer affordable pricing with no long-term contracts, and our entire coaching staff are trained professional agents with top producing track records. Take action and visit us at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call with a trained real estate professional. There's no risk and no obligation, just a free, personal, one-on-one call with a trained professional coach. Join the elite 10% of agents who make all the difference in today's marketplace. Visit freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. All right, so Julie wrote the outline today uh, for today's call, today's radio show. So the uh, first few of these points are pretty self-explanatory. So Julie, what is point numero uno? Point number one, which should go without saying but apparently does not, is that your broker (laughs) must absolutely carry E&O insurance. And I am shocked at how many times I found out from coaching clients that, lo and behold, their broker either has something that's not actually called E&O insurance and who knows what it actually is, um, or they have terrible coverage or none at all. So, you know, just ask the question. It's, ideally, you have a copy of the policy or at least the front page with the policy number. Those of you who are doing REOs and BPOs, you guys already know to ask that question. And if you are in the uh, REO and BPO space, then you need to make sure you have at least a million dollars worth of coverage through your broker. And if you are a small broker that thinks it's okay to operate without this, you need to rethink that because this is a question that all agents should be asking and make sure they're covered. It just makes sense. Well, so, but Julie, what you just said there, you know, that point needs to be underlined because if there is an agent that's shopping for a new brokerage and your brokerage doesn't have E&O insurance, uh, that agent's going to probably not want to join your office. E&O insurance... Yeah. Uh, for most in, for most brokerages is cheap, like nothing, mm-hmm. and you can easily spread the cost of the in, o insurance out amongst your agents' brokers. So, yeah, it's no, amazing to me that there's. It, it, anyway, we, we've said enough on that point. Your next point, though, you stuck in this really great point right after this really boring point. So, your second <laughs> point you wrote down is your phone number must be on your sign so that your buyer and seller calls your leads actually go to your phone. There are some of you listening right now that just had a big light bulb go off. Others of you are going, yeah, I would never go with a broker that had to have only the broker's number on the sign. Why is that? Because you guys work hard to get your listings listed. You've spent time creating the lead, following up on the lead, pre-qualifying them, previewing, doing your CMA, maybe even competing for that listing. You want to make sure that you get what results from the sign. And some of you guys don't realize how critical your sign is. We do a lot of work in coaching and monetizing your sign calls 
a lot of different things that I won't go into on this call since it's about brokerages, but this is a critical point. Your phone number, your leads go to you, not the floor agent, not the company voicemail, not some kind of incoming management system that puts out the leads out round robin. That's just, that's not okay. This is your hard work that went into this. So a little advanced coaching for all of you. When Julie and I sold real estate in Ohio, there was a law, it still is in effect, I am sure, that basically said that the broker's phone number has to be uh, the most prominent, and prominent didn't really have a definition, but the most prominent, it was assumed that prominent meant largest, on the sign. Okay, fine. So Julie and I's real estate phone number was 614-846-0500. And we put that on all of our signs. And sure enough, we found out when we got a nice little registered letter from the head division of real estate, that said so-and-so, or you know, they never told you who, but one of your competitors turned you in because you don't have your broker's phone number on the sign. No problem. Here's what we did. We called up the phone company, and we asked the phone company. This was Tim and Julie Harris's phone number. We did own this phone number you know, in the sense that it was our account, but we just asked the phone company to put the name of the brokerage on the bill. So it was Tim and Julie Harris forward slash the name of the brokerage, and then we turned that back in the head division of real estate, and that was never an issue again. So if you're in a state that tries to control uh, all of that to that level, like Ohio did, then there's your workaround. Now, I'll give you another little interesting tidbit here. All of you should be using 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM is an absolute no-brainer, ridiculously simple, incredibly cheap. It's 37 bucks a month. Killer way to double into all of your listings. Uh, you know, I don't. You guys just go to the website, check it out on your own. In any event, when you're putting together your sign design, the phone number, the 800 home hotline writer, needs to be on the top, um, and it needs to be displayed just like we ask you to display it on that uh, with that service. And don't change the copy on the writer. You know, just do it exactly like we ask you to do it, and you'll have the results that pretty much everyone else that uses it that does what we ask them to do gets. But again, that's an important thing. And if you're, to Julie's you know, great point here, if your broker is insisting that their phone number be on all of your collateral, marketing material, signs, flyers, brochures, you've got to understand that that means you will not be getting your leads or you at least won't be controlling what happens to the leads once you get them. All right, so point number three, Julie. Okay, so point number three is that you must have an easy to understand and logical commission structure. Some of you cannot explain how much you're getting paid on your next deal and why. This is not okay. You're running a business. You need to be able to be yourself, your CFO, Chief Financial Officer, accountable to your other self, the CEO who is running your business, with exactly how much incoming money is happening. That makes sense. So, you know, a a lot of these companies have like, if it's this scenario, then it's this much off the top. But if it's on this month of the year and you've been with us for this many months or this many years, then it's that. And then you reset when the, the moon is aligned with Mars or something. I don't know. It's really impossible to understand some of this stuff. So it has to be easy to understand, not too weird and complicated. I mean, just for the sake of running the business if for no other reason. And certainly, you need to be able to explain this to your accountant and plan and budget and do all these things. This comes out a lot this time of year, Tim, because we're doing business planning. And we discover this with many of our newer clients because we ask them, what is your average net commission? And when I hear silence, that's either because they've never actually figured it out or maybe they're new enough, they don't have a good average worked out yet, or it's because 
it's it's almost like it's different every time. It's opaque. On, There's too know, many themes. It's opaque. Too right. many mis- yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is true. So um, that that's kind of self-explanatory. And, you know, it is kind of interesting, Julie. I see, like, you know, different brokerages are starting to kind of copy Keller Williams and do this whole cap thing. I see some REMAX yeah. offices do that. I know REMAX uh, is still in Colorado. They're still doing it more or less the way they used to do it. Where you know where you are on a high commission split, and then there's other brokerages you mm-hmm. do. The brokers, here's the thing: you're going to be shopped. Agents, you know as well as I do. At the end of the day, they will have as one of their top three things that they're looking for the highest commission split. But understand, that's not the first thing they look for. They might claim that they're looking for the highest commission split, but at the end of the day, they're looking for some of the other points we're about to mention. You know, a supportive environment, an office manager that you know is going to try to help them build their business. It's not just focused on recruiting agents all the time, all that good stuff. Uh, but really, what you need to do is you need to have a very simple to understand commission structure um, that doesn't. You don't need to essentially be able to read hieroglyphs to understand. You know, really what it means. Next point, Julie. The next point is that your broker needs to be saying yes to things like yes, you can do leases. You can do BPOs, things that are maybe not exactly the traditional real estate commission structure. They need to be supportive of anything under the real estate umbrella, commercial, like I said, BPO, leases, etc. They need to say, yes, absolutely, if it makes you money. Because remember, if you're making money, they're making money. A lot of them try and say, well, why would you waste your time on doing BPOs if you can be making commissions? Well, if you're somebody that likes doing BPOs and you've turned it into BPO cash flow, as we've often taught you to cover your basic monthly overhead, some of you guys have really embraced that, you need to be with a broker that is supportive of you making money. BPO cash flow is short-term cash flow. Some of you guys are in markets where even if you listed something today, your average days on the market, you're not going to get paid for 90 days. So why would a broker say no to anything having to do with making you more financially sustainable? I don't understand that. Same thing with leases. Leases are just pre-listings. Yeah, that's right. Well, especially if you're in the higher end areas, we always uh, coach you guys to understand the difference between a have-to and a want-to seller, right? And unfortunately or fortunately, in a lot of the upper end areas, there is no real such thing as a have-to because people can always lease it. And if your only uh, service that you can offer a potential seller is listing it, right, and you can't offer to lease it, you're not going to get that relationship. In the downturn, a lot of our top agents on both coasts who are dealing with multi-million dollar properties, they had to turn to leasing. And the thing is, is during the recession, they said, hey, this leasing thing doesn't suck. It produces yeah. consistent cash flow. It's a nice little wheel on my incomes, uh, you know, my, uh, my spokes, my income spokes. And they've continued it. They've built it. And the nice thing about a leasing business it is so easy to delegate. You hire one, sometimes two people, depending on how much money you're making from it, and you get very consistent money. And by the way, if you want to talk about, again, Julie said this so well, a great way to form relationships with potential sellers, getting a lease relationship from somebody is a thousand times easier than getting a listing from somebody. Um, so if you guys are working in Manhattan, in New York, in Miami, and really a lot of any areas where people really don't have to sell because they do have money. You have to have leasing as a service that you offer. So it should literally be Tim and Julie Harris, you know, luxury home sales and management, something along that line. Next point, Jules? The next point is that your broker should actually pay your commission on time. Another thing that is shockingly common to hear, I probably hear this common, uh, once or twice 
a week, I hear this from our coaching clients that, you know, gosh, when we talk about what do you have pending and what do you have coming in, well, I had a closing a week ago that I still haven't been paid on. What? How is that? Most places, the law is that you get paid within 24 to 48 hours of closing. Now, if you this guys is have... different than if you've screwed up your paperwork and you owe paper. That's different. I'm talking about well, a but... clean deal with no problems. Go ahead. But brokers, you guys need to watch out for your whole paperwork uh, Gestapo regime. You know, <sighs> A lot of yeah. you guys have these systems in place where they have to turn all this paperwork in before they get paid a commission. And some of the paperwork that you insist on having them turn in is not required by the state. So if you're holding their paycheck for, uh, until they form and uh, turn in some form that you require inside your brokerage that's not required by the state, and that agent files a complaint against you, you are going to lose because technically what's required uh, you know, by the state in most cases is dramatically less than the onerous amount of paperwork that you guys put on your agents. So again, if you're looking at uh, expanding the number of agents you have, retaining the agents that you have, you probably want to put a policy in place and even make it one of your unique selling propositions, your USP. You know, maybe call it your 24-hour commission pay plan or whatever you're going to call it. Give it some snazzy name. Mm -hmm. Something to really make it stand out when you're getting shopped or when you're, you know, working on retaining agents. You need to really play up the fact that you will pay them or get them paid as quick as possible per the law. And be careful on that because there are so many brokerages. You guys go to your division of real estate, go to their website, go to the section where it's basically talking about um, the findings and whatnot against different agents and brokerages. And you're going to see the two things that agents screw up and brokerages screw up for that matter. Agency forms and brokers get nailed all the time on the amount of time they set on the commissions. So be monitoring that. Oh, and the other was, of course, escrows. Escrow money, you know, right. deposits, was that was returned on time, was collected on time, all that good stuff. All right, next point. Uh, this is kind of an interesting point, Jalee. Point number six. Point number six is the actual location, and this means several different things. Obviously, if you are in an area where there is potential walk-in, you're in a main strip, I'm thinking about along Pacific Coast Highway in California would be an example places in Miami would be an obvious example, but certainly even if you're not in one of those big metro areas in your hometown location, if you have a choice and it's between broker A and broker B, go with the broker that's got the better location. Just makes sense. Sometimes that means better parking if it's you know office mall versus office mall, but if you can get into a place that has good signage, especially if it's you know like right in your downtown area, that's always going to be better. Of course it's going to be better. Better name recognition, all that good stuff. So, And then location also, of course, applies to convenience and lots of other things if you're meeting clients. I realize some of you guys are rural and semi-rural and you have limited choices. So keep that in mind how often you're going to be driving around. And it, again, if, those of you who work five or six different small towns, drive around. Who's the most prominent? Location may be a major factor for you. And we have actually, and it's not uncommon, that you'll have a really, like an agent that's working in a REMAX office, for example, that might be on like a 95.5, or maybe they're an older REMAX agent, and they are on 100% where they just pay $1,000 a month. Uh, but they'll have a new high-end boutique real estate brand that will open up in their marketplace. It's not uncommon for them to actually put themselves in a position where they're making less money, which is contradicting to the next point that Julie's about to read, but where they're actually making less money because they want the higher profile retail location. So what do we know about, again, we're talking a lot about hiring clients, but really any kind of clients, uh, any type of seller specifically, 
if they see your office, if they drive by your office, if they see that it's in a prestigious location, if they see it's in a, you know, at least a place that has high visibility, not only will that obviously help to get listings for the agents, but brokers, it'll also help you tremendously with recruiting because agents yeah. are going to want to be in that very sought after sort of high impact location uh, when they're meeting clients, or at least when they're using that as a tool for listing presentations. You know, it's funny too. This is maybe counterintuitive. Uh, we coach a lot of small brokerages. You know, that's mm-hmm. probably one of our biggest growth areas is guys with small boutique brokerages. And by boutique, I mean they'll have like the office on the strip mall or the office on the you know storefront that's three doors down from the Starbucks or whatever. And it's small. It's like a thousand square feet or whatnot, maybe four agents. The amount of tr- walk-in traffic that they get. Yep is usually enough to sustain the brokerage plus a decent profit. So, you know, all these things are things to consider um, as you're, you know, if you're an agent looking to go off on your own or if you're a broker looking for uh, retaining of agents and you're looking for changing space, um, you can charge more because nine times out of ten, even seasoned grizzled agents would be more than willing to pay to have added exposure of a great location. Now, of course, then you're dealing with a lot of other complexity, but, this, you know, we can talk about that on your free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Next point, point number seven, Julie. Point number seven is to know what the market share is of the brokerage that you are considering. Now, this isn't the only issue because there are certain areas where maybe they have a lot of market share, but the commission structure isn't great, or maybe they've got market share, but the location isn't great. But this is one element to look at. The reason we bring this up is that if you have a choice and it's apples to apples, Go with the one that has the most market share. Why? Because it makes your objection handling much easier. If you're with a small no-name or weird name, some of them do have strange names, uh, in your marketplace, if you get to bat at all, you're almost always going to hear that question, well, why should I go with you versus you know, the prominent player? I've never heard of your company before. So if you don't want to hear that, maybe you don't go with that brokerage. It's, I mean, that's just a fact, and I, I feel bad because – you know, we coach some of those um, brokers, but we also coach them to have a, a name that makes sense. One of my great small brokers is Georgia Realty. Now, her company name makes sense. It says what it does. You know, it's not like XYZ, Easy Exit, Free Commission, you know, in Botswana or whatever. Except her name is Betty and she sells in Tennessee, <laughs> but that's beside the point. All right, point number right. eight is commissions as high as possible. Now, that point is not as it seems, and I'll tell you what we mean. You can have, um, you know, obviously we want you to have a profitable brokerage. And you can start out agents at the beginning of the year where they're, you know, basically paying their fair share to be part of your brokerage. But you need to have it so they can earn their way up to a very agent-centric commission split. That does motivate agents. We have coaching clients who will use, I mean, they don't even, they're just totally focused on getting to the point where they're at the highest commission split. And it's a huge carrot for them to get there. So be creative with your commission structure, but do allow agents, especially agents who are motivated, to earn their way up to earning a majority of the commission. Um, and keep in mind, guys, that in a market like this, as more people start getting, uh, getting the real estate license, you are going to have a lot of different sort of you know, 100% type companies where agents just pay a fee every month. So you're going to have to start keeping in mind that uh, there are going to be commission pressures from the brokerage perspective uh, starting in earnest next year. Point number nine, Julie. Point number nine is if you have a choice to make, go with a brokerage, all things being equal that we've talked about that has a transaction coordinator that can be counted on, does a really great job, doesn't charge too much. It's nice to have a transaction coordinator on staff 
so that you don't have to pay one. One of the questions I always ask agents that do have a significant uh, commission split going to the brokerage is, are you at least getting a transaction coordinator or is that on top of your deal? So know how you're going to handle transactions. Now, you don't really need a transaction coordinator until you're doing at least three or four transactions per month regularly. You can do it yourself. But I, I look at it as a bonus if there's a really great transaction coordinator on staff. I think that could tip the scale. Well, so with that in mind, you do take on the uh, job of finding a great transaction coordinator and dealing with all the drama. So if you don't get a great one, you're actually setting yourself up for a world of pain. So the alternative to that is creating a system where uh, top-producing agents can easily and effortlessly add their own transaction coordinator so you're not going to be the person that actually has to find somebody. And um, generally speaking, top-producing agents, if you really want to retain them, uh, you could maybe put two or three of them in your office together and hire a transaction coordinator that just works on, you know, for those two or three different agents doing their transactions, doing their files. Brokers, agents, everybody, your job is not to be sitting behind a computer or a desk. Your job is to be out there in the field working with potential buyers and sellers. Uh, it's obvious. It's something that you know, everybody says, and it's so true. It's, it's funny. I, I look at all this, um, the use of technology, okay, the use of communication nowadays, there's almost, you guys can kind of sense this too, a lot of you, there almost feels like there's a bit of a backlash against it right now where people are going to want, they're desirous of having more real contacts, face-to-face -face contacts. That's why you see this huge surge in things like meetup.com and all these other types of, you know, non-online, uh, you know, people connecting. And that is only getting started. And you're going to see really what's going to happen is there's going to be a continuation of that. So agents who are accepting and embracing the fact that face-to-face uh, -face contacts are almost, oddly enough, the next huge trend in real estate, which is true, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be way ahead of the curve versus the agents who are just beating their heads against the wall, wondering why all their buying buyer lead systems don't work like they used to. So, Julie, I think we kind of covered the gambit. I mean, there, we could certainly pick on uh, a lot of other points to you know, contribute to this content. But really the bottom line is, guys, this is a time of year where you can kind of sit back and think about where do you need to improve? What do you need to change? It doesn't matter if you're a newish agent in the business, a grizzled veteran, um, or certainly a brokerage, uh, or someone who's thinking about starting a brokerage. That's another little bucket of folks that I think this information is valuable to. We work with all different types of agents, all different types of brokers. If there's anything we can do for you, obviously just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Listen, guys, you've helped us to make this the most successful uh, real estate radio show of its kind in the industry. Uh, we have listeners of you know really 50,000 plus every single month, and we're getting feedback from all different facets of the industry, and we really couldn't thank you enough. You've helped to make this show successful, and we have a lot of fun doing it for you. Please, please, please continue to support us by sharing this radio show, forwarding the email, sharing the link, letting anyone and everyone know. Now, remember, a lot of you don't know this because you just listen to us now and then. We do this radio show every single day. And there are past replays of our past radio shows you guys can go back and listen to. I love hearing from a lot of you that you listen to us every single day as one of your daily minimum standards, you know. And that's perfect. And I think that's smart. It gets your head screwed on straight, gets you thinking like a business owner, gets you uh, really focused on the fact that you're here to serve others and obviously make yourself money and focus on what your true product is, which is product uh, profit. So with that in mind, um, 
if there's anything we can do for you, if there's anything we can do to help you get your head screwed on straight for the new year, free coaching calls for agents, free coaching calls for agents, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.